Our guest this evening is the Kate High Note Trio, who is Kate and David Johnson on guitar and Matthew Parmenter on violin. Kate has been making music in the Detroit, Michigan area for nearly 25 years, working with a variety of players with whom she has developed a sound uniquely her own.
friends. How good it is to have you with us on Red Barn Radio. I'm Brad Becker, and we continue to celebrate the 20th season of Red Barn Radio tonight with show number 780. Kate Hynote, our guest this evening, has always been singing, but it wasn't until she collaborated with her husband, Tony Hamara, beginning in 2004, that she discovered she could also write and deliver her own songs. They both made an initial impression on the Detroit music scene more than a dozen years ago with a dream pop project called Ether Aura, and then they transitioned into a more Americana sound in 2009 with the band they called The Blue Flowers, which is still a very happening thing. Kate is joined this evening by two fantastic players, and we're so glad these talented folks could route their trip to include a stop here at Red Barn Radio in Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome the Kate High Note Trio. One day in a desert parlor, black tights, and a reverend hollers, some dreams are a fading blasting between. There's a certain past and oh We stumble down Contestants waiting in your sea of madness. No fear, they don't see your sadness. So we stumble down. To WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky and by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. 
planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information, Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. The trio performs not only Kate songs, but also a handful of tunes by other Detroit songwriters. Their debut album, Near, was released in March 2021 and showcases a dreamy and magical sound that showcases the instrument, which is Kate's extraordinary voice.
if you're just joining us, we are with the Kate High Note Trio. They're from Detroit, Michigan. David Johnson is playing guitar, and Matthew Parmenter is playing violin. They have a new release. It's called Near. I know that a lot of material from this evening is from that album, but also you're doing material that you've recorded before and performed before with your other project. Yeah. Is that what you call it? Do you call that your other project? For a long time, that was uh, the main band, and then I kind of did things on the side, but now this dominates my time. <laughs> yeah, I just call it our full band, because yeah. he's in that band too, yeah, so we just call that our full band. So you mentioned a couple of tunes you play with the Blue Flowers. Is Look At Yourself one of those? Yeah, that was actually the first song I wrote for Circus on Fire, yeah, I think. Yeah. That was actually the first song where the melody and the lyric came to me, just me all at once, in the car, just driving home from work. <laughs> Usually I would be given like just a chord progression from my husband, uh, Tony, and I would write a melody over that, melody and lyrics, but this one was the first one that was fully my melody and lyrics, just we wrote a song based around that, so that was fun for me. You can't be the middleman and be Deal. I tiptoe from center while everyone feels If you can't work harder than anyone else You should lay down your anger and look at yourself should lay down your anger and look at yourself. 
2009, was that the time when you were writing that first song, Look at Yourself? Was that way back no, that far? Right? No, the last full length that the Blue Flowers released was 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was for that. Yeah, and that was our fifth, fifth, fifth full, full length. length. Yeah, right. yeah. Why don't you start us off tonight by sort of rewinding mm -hmm. into your musical past? Sure. Uh, if you don't mind doing that. <laughs> I, would, I would love to hear you go back to that earliest memory you have when you knew that music was going to be important for you. Sure. I was always singing. There's a rather notorious story of my mom putting me on a fold-out kitchen chair in a little pink dress and me singing Tomorrow from Annie for my neighbors when I was three. <laughs> Yeah, I, of course, don't remember that. But, but yeah, I was always singing. You don't really know if you're good or not good. When you're little, you just sing. You know, you're just singing for fun. I did choir all through school as soon as choir was a thing. I would get solos here and there, but I wasn't necessarily the best singer or anything. It was just, you know, something I loved to do. Talking about high school? High or? school, yeah. I did uh, get a scholarship to go to uh, Central Michigan University for music. I didn't see it through, but I did t go uh, for music for a semester. In Mount Pleasant, right? In Mount Pleasant, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And then I really fell in love with, I mean, I, I was interested in musical theater, and, but it was really in like the 90s when I fell in love with like singing more um, alternative stuff like that. My first band, I was, I guess, 21, 22, and it was just a brief little stint with a girl in town that didn't necessarily work out. But then I, was, I guess I was technically a late bloomer as far as performing because I didn't start with Either Aura till I was, you know, late 20s. You know, Either so it's Aura, kind of, the project you did yeah, with your, with your husband. With Tony, yeah. So that actually evolved into the Blue Flowers. That was a little noisier shoegaze type thing, they called it. And when we were writing, he kind of realized that Americana came more naturally to me, just the whatever it was. I didn't even know. I was just like, this is what I'm doing. And he realized it came a little faster to me. So we kind of started to move into Americana. And then we had become so different from either aura that we decided to change the band name to the Blue Flowers. Just this 
But I was more influenced by your Sarah McLaughlin's, your Tori Amos. But I even listened. I mean, like, Barbara Streisand's Broadway album was on high repeat for me in high school. <laughs> I had a lot of influences, Patsy Cline, all that. Yeah. Was it at Central Michigan that you felt like you got your first sort of real vocal training. My choir teacher in high school was very influential for me. He was a wonderful teacher. His name was Don Daniels. I will never forget it. I Uh gave him a mug my senior year with my photo on it. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) he was very encouraging. And I remember kind of everybody wanted to be the first sopranos. That was what you wanted to be. And I just wasn't. I was more of a second soprano. And when I was going to do auditions and stuff, he encouraged me to kind of reach outside my comfort zone and do a first soprano piece for my audition. And then I ended up getting a scholarship. So... I would say high school, I fell in love with singing. College, I wasn't focused, so I didn't really give it the attention it needed at Central, so that's why I kind of <laughs> gave up. At least at Central, it was, they were more teaching you to teach, and I wasn't really interested in teaching. I wanted to perform. I kind of knew that then. You were in a music major? I was a music major, yeah. So they didn't have the sort of two tracks, one performance and one... It didn't seem like it. Uh, Like I said, I was just kind of... I did. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like too young. You know what I mean? I was just too young to even know what I wanted then. Honestly, my husband got a a phone call at the studio that he was working at. He's a recording engineer. And a girl was looking for a singer. And he just kind of recommended me. And then that's how I, I performed with her a few times. That like didn't last super long, but... That was when I first got the taste of like being in a band, being a front woman, that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. And right. then Ether Aura just that was the blast. It seems like I've been sitting here Wiping down these counters and wiping away my tears. Seems like the day that just
We're back with more Red Barn Radio after this break. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Red Barn Radio, roots music, Southern style. When the trio got together and we wanted to release an album, we just didn't have that much material, and I didn't want to re-record all of the stuff we'd already recorded for the Blue Flowers. It just sure. didn't make sense to me. I knew we'd have to draw some from that. I had happened by that point performing with David as a duo for years, a couple years, and tr another trio before that. But I had started to kind of collect songs from other songwriters, but there was a songwriter that had gifted me a song. I had uh, borrowed songs that I liked from other people. And so we ended up recording, I think it was uh, six songs on the album by other Detroit songwriters. So that way we got a whole album. There's six Detroit songwriters, a song of Matthews, uh, also a Detroit songwriter, and then uh, some by me, I guess five by me, yeah. So are you involved in songwriting groups? No, I, I guess I would have been a pretty solitary writer in that sense. I'd be kind of given something to write to, and then I would just sit in a room by myself and write and, and do that. Now it's been a little more collaborative. I have a, a friend of mine, Erin, uh, who is a lyricist and she kind of gives me words that inspire me and help me write some things too. Won't move to break it down when your resolve had withered out. All is fair in love and war. We weather firestorms. We were sweet perverts together. Most people don't find that. Before the wind was fire, 
It started to not be as fun. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of. I was. I was almost ready to give up. I was pretty. I was pretty oh, frustrated wow. with it yeah. all. I've known Matthew for about I don't know 20, 25 years. He oh. play, he's played in other bands. He, mm -hmm. he he fronts a band. He was he was a fan of Matthew. <coughs> well, I'm a fan of Matthew. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He is a, is a fan. Yes. First of all, the way that I was able to get Matthew on Kate's radar was oh, yes. we had a release party for the Blue Flowers for our Circus on Fire album, and we asked if he would do an opening set, doing an acoustic set, acoustic guitar set. And so that put him on Kate's radar and all that stuff. And then after Aaron moved away and we were a duo and we were kind of running the course with that, <laughs> I bumped into Matthew at a, a show by the Musical Box, which is a, a band from Quebec that does, <laughs> yes, it's a big budget Genesis <laughs> tribute band where they, like, they actually get the original slides from The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway from Genesis. And, and I bumped into him there. And that's when he's like, hey, I'm playing a lot of violin now. And I didn't even know that you played violin, I think, at the time. And he's like, if the Blue Flowers or your duo needs a violin, I'm available, that kind of thing. And I'm like, hey, Kate. <laughs> this, remember this guy? <laughs> and all that stuff. And uh, So it took me a while. So at first I was... A long time. It took me a month. I, thought, I thought it died. I thought, I thought, oh, they're not interested. I have a small circle. After... I had lost a bass, you know, I, a bass player had left our band, and then our friend singer, she left on good terms, but she moved out of state. So I kind of was nervous about bringing someone else that might leave. You know, I just was kind of hesitant about that. But I think it was about four months, and we had that doozy of a show. Mm -hmm. I basically called him to a rehearsal, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I mean, this is just like, these shows just are not fulfill they're not as fulfilling. I'm not connecting with people. And he said, well, don't forget, right. you know, Matthew said he'd play. Even after that, once we made the decision, it took maybe a month to get together. The first time he came and played, I think we only had three songs we could really work on, three or four. I mean, I almost cried when I heard it because I was so excited. It was so beautiful, and it just was like having another voice. It wasn't what I expected, and it just added this element that was unexpected to me, and it just it kind of fired me back up. I sit
And sometimes I'm actually doing harmonies that might have been done in the past by the vocalists. Sure. I like the first rehearsal that we had. I didn't know the songs, never heard them, and was just improvising, and they liked that. And I remember asking, like, at the second rehearsal, well, do you want me to just keep improvising, or do you want fixed parts? And she said, I'd like fixed parts. So then huh. I was like, okay, i got to formalize what I'm doing. I can't just mess around in the key, you know. And at that point, I really had to sort of start trying to fix things, and then Kate would give feedback and say things like, well, okay, well, do, do that. What you're doing sounds great, but do it down an octave the first time, and then take it up an octave. Mm-hmm. Or I have to say, it's been great because they're very supportive of what I do, and most of the time, I'm allowed to be very free in this trio, and they sort of accept me for what I'm doing. So it's pretty cool. Kate, do you sing the songs the same way each time? I would say for the most part, yes. It takes me a while. Like with a new song, it takes me a while to kind of get it how I want it. But once I have it, I'm pretty much singing it the same every time. Although they have evolved over the years, like the way it was recorded on the Blue Flowers record. I've just grown as a singer, so they don't sound like that anymore. For a long time, I thought that people didn't know or take seriously that I'm also a songwriter. I can't play. That's frustrating for me. I can play a little bit of piano, and I can play a little bit of guitar because Matthew practically insisted. But I can't play well enough to write. So I do rely on people to help me with the music part. It did occur to me along the way that I am writing all these melodies. So I am songwriting. Mm. I'm writing melodies. I'm writing music through the melody and the lyrics, of course. I am always kind of after a vibe. It's a little gloomy. It's a little dark. I am starting to kind of edge a little bit into some lighter stuff, but uh, we're not doing any of that tonight. (laughs) But yeah, I... The Blue Flowers uh, is is a project with you know my husband. This is more kind of my thing, and I get to kind of produce it more. It's nice to have someone. They're just so supportive, and they're both yes men in that way. Like I'll be like, you want to go play this show here, then do this and that, and they're just like, okay, you know, like I don't have to you know wrangle six people with heavy amps and all that stuff, you know. But creatively, this has been a game changer for me. Uh, Writing with Matthew and having access to his skill set is incredible for me. But it's just nice to have that kind of support, and especially creatively.
It's interesting because at the time that everybody was shutting down during the pandemic, I had just joined this band, so we had to sort of take a, a, a break from each other, mm. and we weren't really able to rehearse for a time, but at the same time, I was excited to be writing songs with her, because she's got such a melodic gift, you know. And honestly, at the time that I wrote part of the song that we collaborated on, I didn't realize at the time that she wrote the melodies for the songs that I heard her singing ah. in her old band. I didn't realize that. I, I don't know why I didn't realize that, but I didn't. I guess because <laughs> she said that the, 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 the chords were, were written ahead of time. I assumed the melody was and that she did the lyrics or something. I didn't know. It turns out she does the melody. But prior to my knowing that, here it is, pandemic time. We can't see each other. We can't play. So I started writing melodies that I thought maybe she could sing. And I also have a sort of a background of uh, when I was little, I was exposed to <clears throat> progressive rock, like 
weird bands like <laughs> like Gentle Giant and strange bands like that. Oh, no. Like that was the first album, rock album I had was that. Nice. And I thought that was normal. I thought that was what rock and roll was. <laughs> no, that's not normal. No. <laughs> and so, so when I write songs, sometimes they aren't in the normal time signature. And I realized as I was doing this that, oh, wait, this song is in seven. So I thought, well, that'd be interesting. I wonder if Kate's ever sung a song in seven. So I sent her a recording, you know, I emailed her a thing and said, here's a song idea. And all it was was chords and a melody. Like um, doo-doo-doos. Yeah, like yeah. No, no words. And so she listened to it. And actually, I sent her probably five or six mm-hmm. of these things. And she picked mm-hmm. out a couple and said, all right, well, I'm going to work on this one. So she wrote the lyrics to Where You Dream Now. I will reside in silent motion Windows of pain flash out
thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. More at wookoutamerica.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kathy Stamps. We hope you have enjoyed your evening with the Kate High Note Trio as much as we have. We are ever grateful for all the folks who bring this show to a reality each and every week, our volunteers and staff who make our production happen so beautifully each week. And we want to thank all of you for listening to our webcast, watching us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and those listening to us on the network of Red Barn Radio stations and media worldwide. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. Let's bring back the Kate High Note Trio, who will send us home with one more number.
Red Barn Radio, Roots Music, Southern Style. The best music from the roots of the South and sharing this music with the world.